For every great Earl and Tiger Woods relationship, there is a Mark and Sean O'Hare relationship in golf. But despite Sean O'Hare's estranged relationship with his father, he seemed to have found his own rhythm in the late 2000s. At one point, he even had the most wins for any PGA Tour player under 30. However, this past decade, he has not replicated the same success. Hello everyone, it's your knock Peter Mata, and today we're going to talk about what happened to Sean O'Hare. Born in Lubbock, Texas to Mark and Brenda O'Hare, Sean had a well-documented childhood. From an early age, he quickly developed into a golf prodigy. However, this is where his story took a tough turn. Because taking notice of his tremendous golfing talent, Sean's dad, Mark, decided to try to turn it into a business. Mark sold the family shutter business for a tidy payday of $2.75 million. Then he enrolled Sean into David Ledbetter's Golf Academy when Sean was 15. From there, the O'Hare family began to build a controversial reputation because of the stories of Mark's military treatment of Sean. These stories included Mark awakening Sean for 5am runs and workouts, forcing Sean to run an extra mile for every bogey he made in a tournament, once making Sean run 8 miles in 100 degree heat for shooting 80, consistently making Sean do drills during tournament social events, bringing a portable stove to a hotel room so that Sean ate the right foods. There are even stories of Mark hitting Sean, albeit for not the intention to injure him as Mark says. But all of these stories added up, and I'm sure there are many more that we didn't even hear about. This was an everyday boot camp for Sean, and to defend this training, Mark once said, quote, What am I supposed to do? Say, Oh, Shawnee boy, you don't have to get up early today? The military, they know how to build a champion. Somebody who slacks off, that's a loser. The typical high school kid is hanging out at the mall, that's a loser. You have to have a goal, or you are just wasting time. I busted my butt off on this thing. I thought I was doing him a favor. You would not believe what I did for him. There seemed to be some method to the madness, as Sean did become a top player on the AJGA Tour and the second ranked junior golfer in the world. However, this is where the pressure really turned up. Because while Sean was garnering a lot of attention from Division I colleges, it was decided that Sean would turn pro right before his senior year at the ripe old age of 17. From there, Mark and Sean embarked on their journey in their four Taurus across the US as Sean completed his GED on the road and tried to make it on the PGA Tour. But their strategy was very interesting and I'd say controversial. With both of them thinking Sean was too good for the mini tours, they only chased Nationwide Tour Monday qualifiers to try to make it. On top of that, Sean signed a contract with Mark that required him to pay Mark 10% of his professional earnings for life. To put it simply, this strategy did not pay off, as Mark was putting far too much pressure on Sean for him to realize his full potential. For some perspective, by 2002, in his first three years of pro, Sean only made $5,844. Overall, it's estimated that Mark spent over a million dollars in trying to develop Sean's game, and from his first three years as pro, they put in over 90,000 miles driving to these Monday qualifiers. In addition, the relationship, which was already tumultuous, was growing even worse, and now had become nationwide. 
As a 60-minute episode, the Tiger formula examined their relationship. In the episode, Mark said in his opening statement, quote, I was in business 20 plus years, and I know how to make a profit. You've got the same old thing. It's material, labor, and overhead. And referring to Sean, he's pretty good labor. In that same year of 2002, obviously with scar tissue already building up and his pro career already hanging by a thread, things did begin to turn for the better for Sean as he met his now wife, Jackie Lucas. She was a former golfer herself at Florida Atlantic University and they met at a golf course near their home. And even though Jackie initially described Sean as painfully shy and robot-like, the two immediately hit it off. And soon thereafter, they got married and Sean left the O'Hare household. According to sources, Sean's wedding was the last time Sean and Mark spoke to each other. And Sean also from this point did not honor the contract he had previously signed with his dad. With Sean O'Hare finally being free from under his dad's control, his golf game began to emerge. Sean decidedly took a different strategy by establishing roots and playing on different mini tours instead of chasing for the few spots in the nationwide tour qualifiers. This strategy proved to be very successful, as he notched victories and high finishes on the Cleveland Tour and Gateway Tour in 2003 and 2004, and in total he earned roughly $115,000 during this time. Even though he had tried and failed five other times in going through Q School to earn his PGA Tour card, in 2004, Sean was ready. He advanced through all three stages of Q School and earned his PGA Tour card for the 2005 season. With him finally making it, Sean said, quote, As tough as I had it, and it was a pretty damn tough childhood, I think I have learned a lot from the decision I made. I've learned how to persevere in tough times. I've learned how to be mentally tough. In college, I might have learned some of those things, but the route I went, I learned how to be a professional golfer. Was it the right decision? I have no idea. All I know is that I'm 22 years old, I have a PGA Tour card, and I've just started my career. With this fresh outlook and PGA Tour career ahead of him, Sean made great use of starts during his rookie year. He played very consistent that year, and even picked up his first PGA Tour win at the John Deere Classic. All this led to a start in the Tour Championship, and ultimately, he was named Rookie of the Year. To follow that great rookie campaign up, he had three very solid seasons in 2006, 2007, and 2008. In 2008, he even picked up his second PGA Tour win at the Pods Championship in Tampa Bay. He was building a very solid resume to go along with his beautiful swing and even his own beautiful family. This leads us to his prime 2009 season. In this season, Sean took Tiger to the brink at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He captured his third PGA Tour win at the Quail Hollow Championship, where he won despite not making a putt over 10 feet. He had several other good finishes, which included 12 top 25s, 7 top 10s, and a third place finish. Ultimately, he finished 5th in the FedEx Cup that season. He even made the President's Cup team, and he posted a 2-2-1 record that helped Team USA win that event. And also, at that point, Sean had the most PGA Tour wins for someone under 30. Obviously, things were going very well for Sean. Now, he wasn't as hyped or as flashy as Anthony Kim or Camilo Villegas, but his talent was apparent, and he was producing. Unfortunately, this has been his peak to this point, and Sean's game during the 2010s was very up and down. 
In 2010, he went winless, but did have a decent season that was highlighted with a top 10 in the Open Championship and making the playoffs. In 2011, he experienced the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs. Having an absolutely terrible season going into the week of the Canadian Open, Sean even said that he was completely lost the Wednesday before the tournament. And crazy enough, he ended up earning his fourth PGA Tour win that week. I distinctly remember this because of how random it was. Sean even commented just how crazy it was that no matter how bad your season is going, one win changes it to a great season. Those comments proved to be very true, because if he didn't win in Canada that year, he probably would have lost his card. Of course, he didn't lose it, but it did just delay the inevitable. In 2012, he didn't win, but had a good enough season to make his six consecutive playoffs. It's really in 2013 and 2014 where the struggles were apparent. During these seasons, he only made 21 of 47 cuts and notched just four top 25s with one top 10. With his poor results in 2014, Sean was forced to go to the Web.com Tour Finals to try to regain his car for 2015. And to his credit, he was able to do just that based off a tied third at the third event of the finals. Sean even mentioned that the third event really was a turning point for him because he was already telling his caddy that he might need to find another job because he'll probably be playing the Web.com Tour in 2015. With earning his card back, Sean capitalized on his momentum and had a bit of a renaissance. From 2015 to 2018, while he didn't win, he played some really consistent golf during this time. He made it back to the playoffs, even got to the Tour Championship in 2016, and had a runner-up in each of these seasons. Most notably was when he made it to the epic playoff in 2015 of the Valspar Championship in Tampa Bay with Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. Unfortunately, Sean did end his 2010s with a down. After only 9 events in 2019, he had surgery to repair a torn oblique that forced him to sit out the rest of the season. This was obviously a very serious injury that had been bothering him for some time and that just finally gave out. This brings us to today, the 2020 season. He has a major medical exemption that gave him 16 starts for the season to earn his card back. He already played in two events before the COVID-19 stoppage with mixed results, a tied 50th and a missed cut. He also played in two events on the Corn Ferry Tour, and the results were pretty encouraging, a tied 4th and a tied 13th. After the COVID-19 stoppage, he has again played two events on the Corn Ferry Tour with mixed results, a missed cut and a tied 62nd. It seems like like I said in Camilo Vijegas' video, Sean is trying to build up his gain and confidence to make some good use of his medical exemption starts. Now this brings us to the big question. What exactly happened to Sean O'Hare? In terms of recently, it's simply been a matter of health. He had a torn oblique and just couldn't play. But in terms of game issues, and most golf fans know this, it's been Sean's putting. It really has been the biggest thing that has held him from really breaking out and winning even more. During his time on tour, he's never been better than 50th in strokes gain putting. And as we golfers know, this puts extreme pressure on other parts of your game, specifically your ball striking. In an interview back in 2014, Sean even admitted this as being a huge reason why he almost lost his card. He lost his swing back then and his ball striking, which was one of the biggest things he could rely on. He said that there was just simply too many outsiders that he was listening to and he was not completely trusting who he was. 
In terms of outside of his game, there's the obvious troubles he had during his childhood with his dad. To Sean's credit though, he did persevere through it, and frankly I think it's a miracle for him to even have made it out on tour with all that going on. It's an incredible accomplishment. I do personally hope though that he and his dad do make amends. At the same time though, no one really can blame Sean for wanting out of that situation. Another outside issue mentioned by Sean himself in 2014 was that his family life was getting more complicated with his family moving and kids growing older and this is understandable. He has four kids and I'm sure it's tough to keep balance between his golf career and his family. Uh, we all know as golfers that if you want your best golf to come out you really have to find some balance in your life and that was the thing that was troubling Sean. At the end of the day I think Sean O'Hare has had an interesting life and career to this point been filled with several peaks and valleys but one part of me thinks it's incredible that he's become successful through all of this and then another part of me thinks that man he really does have a pretty swing he should have won more he could have been more and if only he could putt i don't know i do wish him well though and hope he does retain his car for the coming seasons seems like a nice guy and after researching this story i think he's got great perseverance what do you guys think? Do you find his story interesting? Do you think his dad might have been onto something with his training? Do you think Sean O'Hare could have done more with all the talent that he had? I appreciate y'all for watching. Please like, subscribe, and comment below. Your words mean something to me.